March 15th, Robert Murray McShane reading plan. Holy living word of God. Let's pray. Holy Heavenly Father, Father of all knowledge and revelation, I ask that you open up my eyes and my heart and my soul to your word right now. Invigorate me, Lord. Stir me up by way of reminder so that I might see and know that you are God and there is no other. Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world for sinners. And I am a sinner and I am in desperate need of you today and every day. Realign my thinking, renew my mind so that I might see and dwell in your majesty and praise you and honor you correctly in all that I do. Let anyone who's reading this or listening to this rather be filled with joy, Lord, that they might see, that they might know, that they might understand all the more and do all the more in recognition of that truth. In Christ I pray, amen. Exodus 26 today. You are to construct the tabernacle itself with ten curtains. You must make them of finely spun linen and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn with the design of cherubim worked into them. Each curtain should be 42 feet long and 6 feet wide. All the curtains are to have the same measurements. Five of the curtains should be joined together and the other five curtains joined together. Make loops of blue yarn on the edge of the last curtain in the first set and do the same on the edge of the outermost curtain in the second set. Make 50 loops on the one curtain and make 50 loops on the edge of the curtain in the second set so that the loops line up together. Also make 50 gold clasps and join the curtains together with the clasps so that the tabernacle may be a single unit. You're to make curtains of goat hair for a tent over the tabernacle. Make 11 of these curtains. Each curtain should be 45 feet long and 6 feet wide. All 11 curtains are to have the same measurements. Join 5 of the curtains by themselves and the other 6 curtains by themselves. Then fold the 6th curtain double at the front of the tent. Make 50 loops on the edge of one curtain, the outermost in the first set, and make 50 loops on the edge of the corresponding curtain of the second set. Make 50 bronze clasps, put the clasps through the loops, and join the tent together so that it is a single unit. As for the flap that remains from the tent curtains, the leftover half curtain is to be hung over the back of the tabernacle. What remains along the length of the tent curtains, a half yard on one side and a half yard on the other side, should hang over the sides of the tabernacle on either side to cover it. Make a covering for the tent from ram skins dyed red and a covering of fine leather on top of that. You are to make upright supports of acacia wood for the tabernacle. Each support is to be 15 feet long and 27 inches wide. Each support will have two tenons for joining. Do the same for all the support of the tabernacle. Make the supports for the tabernacle as follows. 20 supports for the south side and make 40 silver basin bases under the 20 supports, two bases under the first support for its two tenons, and two bases under the next support for its two tenons. 20 supports for the second side of the tabernacle, the north side, along with the 
40 silver bases, two bases under the first support and two bases under each support, and make six supports for the west side of the tabernacle. Make two additional supports for the two back corners of the tabernacle. They are to be paired at the bottom and joined together at the top in a single ring, so it should be for both of them. They will serve as the two corners. There are to be eight supports with their silver bases. 16 bases, two bases under the first supports and two bases under the each support. You are to make five crossbars of acaia wood for the supports on one side of the tabernacle, five crossbars for the supports on the other side of the tabernacle, and five crossbars for the supports of the back side of the tabernacle on the west. The central crossbar is to run through the middle of the supports from one end to another. Then overlay the supports with gold and make their rings of gold as the holders for the crossbars. Also overlay the crossbars with gold. You are to set up the tabernacle according to the plan for it that you have been shown on the mountain. You are to make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely spun linen with a design of cherubim worked into it. Hang it on four gold-plated pillars of acai wood that have gold hooks and that stand on four silver bases. Hang the curtain under the clasps and bring the Ark of the Testimony there behind the curtain, so the curtain will make a separation for you between the holy place and the most holy place. Put the mercy seat on the Ark of the Testimony in the most holy place. Place the table outside the curtain and the lampstand on the south side of the tabernacle, opposite the table. Put the table on the north side. For the entrance to the tent you are to make a screen embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and finely spun linen. Make five pillars of acaia wood for the screen and overlay them with gold. Their hooks are to be gold, and you are to cast five bronze bases for them. Proverbs 2 today. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up success for the upright. He's a shield for those who live with integrity, so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his faithful followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity, every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will delight you. Discretion will watch over you, and understanding will guard you. It will rescue you from the way of evil, from anyone who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths to walk in ways of darkness, from those who enjoy doing evil and celebrate perversion whose paths are crooked and whose ways are devious. 
will rescue you from a forbidden woman, from a wayward woman, with her flattering talk, who adorns, who abandons the companion of her youth before gets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death, and her ways to the land of the departed spirits. None return who go to her, none reach the paths of life. So follow the way of the good, and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those of integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous ripped out of it. Daily monthly proverb, proverb 15, for March 15th. Here we go. Gentle Ansel turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge attractive, but the mouth of fools blurts out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Observing the wicked and the good. The tongue that heals is a tree of life, but a devious tongue breaks the spirit. A fool despises his father's discipline, but a person who accepts correction is sensible. The house of the righteous has great wealth, but trouble accompanies the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise broadcast knowledge, but not so the heart of fools. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable to the Lord. The prayer of the upright is his delight. The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves the one who pursues righteousness. Discipline is harsh for the one who leaves the path. The one who hates correction will die. Shoal and Abaddon lie open before the Lord how much more human hearts. A mocker doesn't love one who corrects him. He will not consult the wise. A joyful heart makes a face cheerful, but a sad heart produces a broken spirit. A discerning mind seeks knowledge, but the mouths of a fool, the mouth of a fool feeds on foolishness. All the days of the oppressed are miserable, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. Better a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with turmoil. Better a meal of vegetables where there is love than a fattened ox with hatred. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but one slow to anger calms strife. Slacker's way is like a thorny hedge, but the path of the upright is a highway. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Foolishness brings joy to one without sense, but a person with understanding walks a straight path. Plans fail when there is no counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. A person takes joy in giving an answer, and a timely word how good that is. For the prudent, the path of life leads upward, so that he may avoid going down to shoal. The Lord tears apart the house of the proud. He protects the widow's territory. The Lord detests the plans of the one who is evil, but pleasant words are pure. One who profits dishonestly troubles his household. The 
the one who hates bribes will live. The mind of the righteous person thinks before answering. The mouth of the wicked blurts out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Bright eyes cheer the heart. Good news strengthens the bones. One who listens to life-giving rebukes will be at home among the wise. Anyone who ignores discipline despises himself. Whoever listens to correction acquires good sense. The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches, and humility comes before honor. John 5 today. Yep, John 5. That's the third sign, healing the sick. Here we go. After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jesus went up to the Jerusalem. By the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool called Beth- Bethesda in Aramaic, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the disabled, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred but while I'm coming someone goes down ahead of me get up Jesus told him pick up your net your mat and walk instantly the man went got well picked up his mat and started to walk now that day was the Sabbath and so the Jews said to the man who had been healed this is the Sabbath the law prohibits you from picking up your mat he replied the man who made me well told me pick up your mat he replied, The man who made me well oh, told me pick up your mat. Who is this man who told you pick up your mat and walk? They asked. But the man who was healed did not know who it was because Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Jesus responded to them, My father is still working, and I am working also. This is why the Jews began trying all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, The son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son likewise does these things. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. 
And just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so the Son also gives life to whom he wants. The Father, in fact, judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, so that all people may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly I tell you, anyone who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly I tell you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God. Those who hear will live. Just as the Father has life in himself, so also he is granted to the Son to have life in himself. And he has granted him the right to pass judgment because he is the son of man. Do not be amazed at this because a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good things to the resurrection of life, but to those who have done wicked things to the resurrection of condemnation. I can do nothing on my own. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies about me, and I know that the testimony he gives about me is true. You sent messengers to John, and he testified to the truth. I don't receive human testimony, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But I have a greater testimony than John's because of the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. These very works I am doing testify about me. The Father has sent me. The Father who sent me has himself testified about me. You have not heard his voice at any time. You haven't seen his form. You don't have his word residing in you because you don't believe the one he sent. You pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them and yet they testify about me. But you are not willing to come to me so that you may have life. I do not accept glory from people, but I know you, that you have no love for God within you. I have come in my Father's name and yet you don't accept me. If someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe, since you accept glory from one another? But don't seek the glory that comes from the only God. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, because he wrote about me. If you don't believe what he wrote, how will you believe my words? Galatians one today. Galatians one. Paul, an apostle, not from man or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, 
and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. For I am now trying to persuade people. For am I now trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached by me is not of human origin. For I did not receive it from human source, and I was not taught it, but it came by a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard about my former ways of the life of life in Judaism. I intensely persecuted God's church and tried to destroy it. I advanced in Judaism beyond many contemporaries among my people because I was extremely zealous for the traditions of my ancestors. But when God, who from my mother's womb, set me apart and called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I could preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone. I did not go up to Jerusalem to those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I went to Arabia and came back to Damascus. Then after three years, I did go up to Jerusalem to get to know Cephas, and I stayed with him 15 days. But I didn't see any of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. I declare in the sight of God, I am not lying in what I write to you. Afterward, I went to the regions of Syria and Sicilia. I remained personally unknown to the Judean churches that are in Christ. They simply kept hearing, He who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Mm. Monthly meditation now. Chapter 2 Corinthians 7 through 9. So then, dear friends, since we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every impurity of the flesh and spirit bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Make room for us in your hearts. We have wronged no one, corrupted no one, taken advantage of no one. I don't say this to condemn you, since I have already said that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I am very frank with you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with encouragement. I am overflowing with joy in all of our afflictions. In fact, when we came into Macedonia, we had no rest. Instead, we were troubled in every way, conflicts on the outside, fears within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the arrival of Titus, not only by his arrival, but also by the comfort he received from you. He told us about your deep longing, your sorrow, and your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. 
For even if I grieved you with my letter, I don't regret it. And if I regretted it, since I saw that the letter grieved you, yet only for a while, I now rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because your grief led to repentance. For you were grieved as God willed, so that you didn't experience any loss from us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. But worldly grief produces death. But consider how much diligence this very thing, this grieving as God wills, has produced in you. What a desire to clear yourself, what indignation, what fear, what deep longing, what zeal, what justice. In every way you showed yourself to be pure in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was not because of the one who did wrong or because of the one who was wronged, but in order that your devotion to us might be made plain to you in the sight of God. For this reason, we have been comforted. In addition to our own comfort, we rejoiced even more over the joy Titus had, because his spirit was refreshed by all of you. For if I have made any boast to him about you, I have not been disappointed. But as I have spoken everything to you in truth, so our boasting to Titus has also turned out to be the truth. His affection toward you is even greater as he remembers the obedience of all of you and how you received him with fear and trembling. I rejoice that I have complete confidence in you. Chapter 8 I want you to know, brothers and sisters, about the grace of God that was given to the churches of Macedonia during a severe trial brought about by the affliction. Their abundant joy and their extreme poverty overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. I can testify that according to their ability and even beyond their ability of their own accord, they begged us earnestly for the privilege of sharing in the ministry to the saints, not just as we had hoped. Instead, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us by God's will. So we urged Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete among you this act of grace. As you excel in everything, in faith, speech, knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, excel also in this act of grace. I'm not saying this as a command, rather by means of the diligence of others. I am testing the genuineness of your love. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. And in this matter I am giving advice because it is profitable for you. We began last year not only to do something, but also to want to do it. Now also finish the task, so that just as there was an eager desire, there may also be completion according to what you have. For if the eagerness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. It is not that there should be a relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality. At the present time, your surplus is available for their need, so that their abundance may in turn meet your need in order that there may be equality. As it is written, the person who had much did not have too much, and the person who had little did not have too little. Thanks be to God, who put the same concern for you into the heart of Titus, for he welcomed our appeal, and, being very diligent, went out to you by his own choice. We have sent with him the brother, who is praised among all the churches for his gospel ministry. Not only that, but he was also appointed by the churches to accompany us, with this gracious gift that we are administering for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our eagerness to help, we are taking this precaution so that no one will criticize us about this large sum that we are administering. Indeed, we are giving careful thought to do what is right not only before the Lord but also before people. We have also sent with him 
our brother. We have often tested him in many circumstances and found him to be diligent, and now even more diligent because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and co-worker for you. As for our brothers, they are the messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. Therefore show them proof before the churches of your love and of your boasting about you, of our boasting about you. Now concerning the ministry to the saints, it is unnecessary for me to write to you, for I know your eagerness, and I boast about you to the Macedonians. Achaia has been ready since last year, and your zeal has stirred up most of them. But I am sending the brothers so that boasting about you in this matter would not prove empty, and so that you would be ready, just as I said. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come with me and I find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, would be put to shame in that situation. Therefore, I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead of you and arrange in advance the generous gift you promised so that it will be ready as a gift and not as an extortion. The point is this. The person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. As it is written, he distributed freely, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for food will also provide and multiply your seed and increase your harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in everywhere for all generosity which produces thanksgiving to God through us. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God because of the proof provided by this ministry. They will glorify God for your obedient confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone. And as they pray on your behalf, they will have deep affection for you because of the surpassing grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thank you, Lord, for your gift. Thank you for the indescribable gift of Jesus Christ. Every single day, I want to be saturated in that remembrance, Lord. I want to be enveloped in, in hope for future grace, Lord. The day when Jesus comes to judge the secrets of men. That day will be a day, Lord, be found in Christ or not. I want to be in Christ always, Lord, and by your hand I will, and by your grace I will. And that alone. I ask that your word overwhelm me today. And it be at the forefront of my mind and anybody that hears this in their mind, Lord. May you keep our eyes open and our ears unplugged. In Christ I pray. Amen.